0: Hey Coyotes fans, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast. Now we're coming to you on this Tuesday, March tenth, twenty twenty. The Arizona Coyotes uh, suffering a critical loss to the Winnipeg Jets on Monday up in Winnipeg, that really put their playoff hopes in some severe, severe doubt. And I went on Twitter at R.A. Moran underscore AZC to to pull you guys and see what you guys were thinking and what you guys are saying and the questions that you have and Boy, did you guys turn up for this one because I have never had uh, so many so many of you guys reach out for questions for the listener questions segment. That's basically going to take take up our entire podcast. So I'm um, just going to kind of quickly paint you a picture of where the Coyotes are right now. It's, spoiler alert, not a very good place uh, for the Coyotes right now, suffering suffering. Uh, well, really missing out on another critical two points in the wild card standings. The Arizona Coyotes now uh, fifth in those wild card standings, 74 points in 70 games. Uh, Vancouver and Nashville ahead of them, two points ahead of them with two fewer games played. Winnipeg and Minnesota occupying those top two spots. Winnipeg now same amount of games played, but 78 points. That's four greater than the Coyotes. Minnesota, 69 games played and 77 points, and Calgary's way up there, 79 points as well in 70 games played so the Coyotes are not out of it yet but they're about as close as you can be to out of it and uh, you have to think that if they don't win at least four out of the next five games on this homestand honestly I think they need to win all five of them or at least go 4-0-1 or something like that they need that many points right now um, to get back in this thing it's a very dire situation and I think that was really reflected and your guys' questions uh, that you came through on Twitter. So once again, guys, I do these listener questions segments pretty often. You can follow me on Twitter at remoran underscore azc to be featured uh, on the listener questions uh, segments of these podcasts, Locked on Coyotes uh, podcasts. And uh, the first one is a doozy from Cheryl. She says, sigh. That's the whole question. Well, okay, Cheryl. I mean, that's, that's kind of how a lot of Coyotes fans are feeling right now, I think. Uh, just kind of you're at a loss for words. And I think Rick talking to listen to his comments after the game in Winnipeg, kind of out of a loss for words. And I think a, a lot of what has happened for the Coyotes to put them in the situation where they are now, a lot of it really just is inexplicable. Moving on. We have one from Joe here. What would you even do if you're Chica at this point? I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't either. I mean, you're John Shikey. You've committed to so many of these players. You've handed out long-term contracts to uh, players who don't have much of a proven track record in the NHL in an effort to lock up players through the core years of their careers. And so far it hasn't worked out for you. So far those players that you've committed to just haven't shown you really much of anything. Um, So there's not a whole lot you can do with that because those contracts are tough to move. If you're selling low on these guys – Um, it's not exactly the most friendly market in terms of evaluating the value of these players uh, who are not performing and that are locked up to long-term deals with a good amount of compensation involved in them. So um, I don't know. I think you look to add, look, I mean, there's things that this team needs that I just don't think are attainable. This team needs a number one center and they need someone who can score goals. Phil Kessel was supposed to do the latter and really kind of so was Taylor Hall and Taylor Hall, has played fine since coming over via trade, but Phil Kessel was acquired to be that guy, and he just wasn't. Um, those are the two areas you need. You need a number one center, and you need an elite scorer. They don't have either of them, and uh, it certainly rears its ugly head in those close games where they lose pretty much every single game three to two this time of year. Coachies Jack comes in. Do you think the Yotes could possibly find a wild hair somewhere, pluck it, and go twelve and zero the rest of the season? I do not, Jack. I do not think they can go 12 and 0 the rest of the season. Is it possible? Sure, anything's possible. They have 12 games left. They have 12 chances to win a game. They could go 12 and 0, sure. But will it happen? Does this team really look like a team that's about to go on a 12 and 0 run? Given the inconsistency in the offense, given the pertinent and really consistent mistakes, I guess you could call it on defense. I'm not sure if this is a team that's ready to go 12-0. Is it possible? Yes. The way this team is playing right now, with such lack of urgency, uh, lack of an attention to detail, and mistake-prone, it just it doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Pack to the playoffs comes in. How do you think Darcy Kemper is feeling right now? it really hurt to watch him have to play such an important game without much help from the team in front of him. How do you think he's feeling knowing that he did everything he could, but it wasn't enough to get the win, Another great question from you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Um, that's a great perspective, I think. And uh, I think a couple of people responded to you, your tweet on um, on Twitter saying the same thing. I think that's a really important perspective to all of this. And Darcy Kemper has been your best player all season long. There's no way around it. And you lost him for two months. Your backup went down too. And it just wasn't the same. But Darcy Kemper has been great. And I certainly can't be feeling too good right now. Um But I think the thing is, you can't be a team where you lose your goaltender and all hope is lost. That exposes a flaw in the building process. This team can't be reliant that much on Darcy Kemper. And clearly, maybe they were. And that's a flaw in how this team is built. And that's a flaw in the players, the skaters, executing, in my opinion. Fire Marshal Bill, refresh my memory on why we got Kessel. Well, I kind of touched on it there. Um, When Phil Kessel was acquired, uh, we were told that um, he could cement his legacy in Arizona. We were told that he could be a difference maker. Uh, Rick Tockett said that Phil is a guy who can score that big goal when you're down one and you need a goal. Well, the Kyries have been down one and needed a goal probably more than any other team this season because – A, they've been star for offense, and B, they're close in every single game because of their elite goaltending. So the Coyotes have been in that exact situation probably more than any other team. And Phil Kessel has not been that guy for you. Phil Kessel has not been able to score those goals. Um, So that's why you acquired him. Um, And it certainly has not worked out the way they would have hoped. Mitchell, this season is an absolute disaster, he says. Can't help but think that... Missing the playoffs will have a negative effect on everything fan support related next season. I know I'm fed up and I don't even live in Arizona. I can't imagine if I had season tickets, your thoughts. Well, that's kind of more of a, I mean, you did add a question there at the end, but really really kind of, it's more of a rant. And look, I don't blame you. I think we've reached the, the rant portion of, of the season at this point, given the, given the circumstances, given where the coyotes stand. Um, I do think this is going to have a major effect on everything. Last season, you could say that the Coyotes were making progress. You could say that they were turning turning a corner. You could say that they were all the offseason momentum. You get a new owner. You trade for Phil Kessel. You bring in Carl Soderbergh. You add. Taylor Hall while you're in first place in the division in the middle of the season and then you miss the playoffs in a very, very weak Western Conference and Pacific Division. That is unacceptable. Um, and when you're a team that's still trying to build up your fan base, you're still trying to build up those corporate sponsorships, you're trying to move to a Central or, or uh, East Valley location, how do you sell them on progress? When you had that progress, you were trending upward, and all of a sudden, you hit a bump and now, where are you going? It's unclear. People who want to buy into your vision, they don't know where you're going. They don't know if you're going up or going down. That's the worst place to be if you're a team. At least if you're rebuilding, you can sell them on that prospect. Where are the Coyotes right now? They're This offseason, they're really going to be in no man's land. Where where are they going to go? Are they going to retool and, and not contend for a while and then come back up? Or are they going to try and keep going with this same group that really didn't do a whole lot this year? Um, so that's that's kind of where they're at, and you're right. It is going to have a big negative effect on everything off the ice. I wholeheartedly believe that's the last thing this team needs, but a last situation they're in. We're going to answer the rest of your questions here right after this break on Lockdown Coyotes. All right, and welcome back to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin here with you answering your listener questions. You guys wrote in to me at R.A. Morin underscore A-Z-C on Twitter after the Coyotes loss at Winnipeg on Monday. Clearly, you guys, are feeling, uh, you guys are feeling the worst and fearing the worst in this team, and I can't blame you guys too much for it. Got one here from Pony here. Yeah, I got a question. WTF is going on? I don't know, Pony Cole. I have no idea what's going on. We've all been kind of trying to make sense of uh, the Coyotes' struggles this season for what seems like months now, and there's a lot of different reasons why they are. You can talk about the schedule and how they had uh, an an inordinate amount of uh, difficult travel in their schedule. You can talk about um, an injury to Darcy Kemper that sent things wayward. You can talk about maybe a, a lack of effectiveness in terms of your leadership on this team. You can talk about the coaching staff and their use of certain personnel, and you can talk about management and how the roster that they put together. The blame is on everybody. Nobody is averse to this. And, you know, it's, it's awful. I see polls on, on Twitter. They're like, you know, whose fault is it? Who, who's to blame for the Coyotes missing the playoffs? Everybody's to blame. This is everybody's fault. This is a combination. You can't, This is a type of failure that requires multiple parties and multiple parties. I assure you are responsible for it. Apex asks, was the first rounder traded for Taylor Hall top three protected? The only thing I have left to root for is the lottery at this point. Yes. The 2020 first round pick that the coyotes traded for Taylor Hall is top three protected. So if the coyotes, For those of you who aren't familiar with the draft lottery process, if the Coyotes do not make the playoffs, they will be entered in the draft lottery, which means they have a chance at earning the first, second, or third uh, lottery spot. Now, every team that does not make the playoffs is available for this, and the lower you are in the standings, the higher your percentages are. Now, those of you who have been following the team for a while know the Coyotes have absolutely horrendous luck in the draft lottery. However, Taylor Hall seems to be a little bit of a good luck charm with his teams because he has yielded multiple teams first round picks when he's there it happened in New Jersey it happened in Edmonton wherever Taylor Hall goes the first first overall picks seem to follow could it happen with the coyotes this year it would be about a 1% chance or maybe even below a 1% chance but hey you never know alexis lafreniere might be wearing a coyote sweater next year if taylor hall has anything to say about it but If the Coyotes finish outside of the top three, which they're more than likely to do, that first round pick will go to New Jersey. So the Coyotes only keep that pick if they finish in the top three. Sammy D writes in, could Tockett lose his job if the Yotes miss the postseason this year? John Chegg is on the record saying that Rick Tockett is returning next year. He told Craig Morgan that and he told me that. Um, so anything else would be inconsistent with those comments. It's not to say it couldn't happen, but if it did happen, it would be very shocking, uh, that to have John Chyka saying Rick talk, going to come back next year. And then all of a sudden for him to flip the switch and say, no, um, that would be very, very surprising. But again, it's not to say it's impossible, right? Uh, Cascadia Coyote writes in, why is this team playing so whack? I don't know. It's you. You'd like to see more urgency and more fire out of this group at this point in the season, and for whatever reason, you're just not seeing it. Um, You know, and that's on the captain, that's on the leadership group. In some respects, it's on the coach for preparing the players. Um, but at the end of the day, it's on the players to perform in these games. Uh, these are professional hockey players. You know they should be able to to get up for these games, and um, you're just seeing a lack of a lack of focus and a lack of uh, attention to detail that uh, really is just confusing and inexplicable. Um, we got a bunch more questions to get to. We're going to get to them in the last segment of the podcast. One last commercial break, and then we're back here on Locked On Coyotes. All right, and welcome back to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, answering the rest of your questions here. Uh, You guys were tweeting me at RAMoran underscore AZC to uh, get on the listener questions portion of this podcast. I have never devoted an entire podcast to listener questions, mostly because I have a lot of you guys that write in, but not enough of you to fill up an entire podcast. That was not the case this week. There were a ton of you guys who wrote in after the loss in Winnipeg, and I'm going to answer all of your questions so Help me! Uh, I have Rod Benson writing in. Why is there no accountability in this organization? Well, I think there is some accountability. Um, I think there could be more of it. I think um, I think accountability starts with the person taking it on themselves. And Oliver ekman Larson has done that at points this season. I think I would have liked him. I would have liked to see him do it in Winnipeg. I think I'd like to see. Rick Tockett takes some more accountability upon himself. Um, And not to say he has done it at points this season, but maybe I'd like to see a little bit more of it. And maybe we will see that on exit day. So I would reserve your, your judgment on accountability until we get through exit day with this team. Alex Albrecht, why is this team struggling so much with consistency? That, to me, seems to be on the personnel. It's on the players. The players, at this point in the season, you have to play consistently. You need to do the right things every single night, and they're just not doing them, um, especially player-to-player. I mean, look at the inconsistencies in Clayton Keller's season. Look at the inconsistencies in Nick Schmaltz's season. I mean, if anything, you could say Phil Kessel was consistent this season by being inconsistent, consistently inconsistent, right? Um, Oliver reckman Larson too, inconsistent. I mean, it's it's up and down the list, Um It's hard to say why they struggle so much with it, but it's clearly uh, a massive problem. Ray Meyer, why is OEL still in the lineup after another glorious minus four night? Um, Should have kept Yandel and traded OEL no heart for a cap. That's, That's a little... I think we should pump the brakes here on OEL. He's had a lot of really good stretches this season. He certainly has uh, regressed this season. There's no getting around that. I've, I've written about that as well um, at, a, at sports.azcentral.com. Uh, I wrote about OEL's struggles, how um, especially earlier in the season he was owning them. Um, I did not expect him to persist to this level, certainly. And he had a long night in Winnipeg. There is no getting around that. Uh, that first Winnipeg goal, a very, very slow read, a bad read, um, and just not a play that ever should have happened. And that's what gave Winnipeg life in that game. And you just can't have that out of your captain. And maybe at some point you start to wonder, um, what the effect of the captaincy has, has really had on Oliver Reckman Larson, because the last couple of years, um, have just not been the same guy. Tall Dave AZ, what's your take on OEL as a leader? Um, the money he makes and, uh, his, lia- and the, his status as a liability uh, on the team. I don't think he's a liability on the team. I certainly don't think that. I still think he's a very, very, very good defenseman. Um, but certainly you're looking at that contract, and I think at the time of signing that contract, I personally thought it was a pretty good deal. This was a really, really good defenseman, a great two-way defenseman, a guy who uh, can run the power play, a guy who can... Uh, can really run things on offense, but also a guy who's really responsible defensively and a, and a very, very well liked guy and someone who's involved in the community. So I love, I really was a fan of that deal. Um, When they made it, I thought that was a very smart deal to make, but certainly you look at the last two years and the perceptions changed a little bit. Now you're looking at a player who's shown two seasons of decline and they still have a lot of years left on that deal, making over $8 million a year. Um, That certainly is, is, got to look like a little bit of a concern to you at this point um is it the leadership role and the captaincy has it really had that much of an effect on Oliver of reckman larson and if so um what do you do about that and then my last one here i have from tim who says he just has one question why that seems to be the um that seems to be the the consistent question with you guys is why has this happened Why have the Coyotes fallen like this? They were in first place just a couple of months ago. How have they fallen so far to the fact that they might even finish with a worse record than they had last season when they finished four points out of a playoff spot before Phil Castle, before Carl Soderberg, and before Taylor Hall? How do you justify a result like that with this team? And it's not to say it's over because it's not totally over yet, but it's darn near close to over. And it is just so confusing and so inexplicable what has happened to this team. And nobody is free from the blame. Everybody is to blame on this team. It just—it It is so backwards to me how this has happened when you had so much offseason momentum and so much momentum coming through the season for this to happen. uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming. I mean, this this to me is a is, is a playoff team. And the fact that they haven't performed to be a playoff team is really shocking to me. It's very, very surprising. And I think I've said in the past, at points of this season, and even points in the offseason, this past offseason, if the Coyotes don't make the playoffs, I will be surprised. And I am surprised. I sit here today on Tuesday, March 10th, very surprised at what i have seen from this coyotes group when they were in first place i was not surprised i thought this was a team with the talent and with the direction to make that happen in a very weak pacific division and now they sit hanging on by the thinnest of threads in the western conference wild card playoff race and and even i guess they're i guess really at this point they're just as much in, in contention for that third um pacific division spot as they are for a wild card spot but uh, it is very, very surprising, but, uh, clearly it surprised you guys too, because you guys came in with uh, overwhelming support, um, for the listener question segment. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Um, I want to take this moment to, uh, say that when you get done with this podcast, tell your, uh, smart device to play the locked on NHL podcast, a uh, very fantastic podcast. You guys should check it out once you're done here and I will see you guys tomorrow.